0: Bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies, Live In Word with Pastor Mensah Otebill. And now, today's word. Number three, after you have received all recommendations, commit all advice to God. After you've consulted with people, take time to present all your options before the Lord in prayer. It's good to listen to people, but many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Good advice does not necessarily mean the will of God. There is a popular saying that the voice of the people is the voice of God. I beg to differ because most of the time the voice of the people is nowhere near the voice of God read through the Bible the whole of Israel was sin, and only one man will be preaching righteousness Elijah had to stand against the masses Isaiah stood against the masses the voice of the people was wrong just because something is popular does not mean it's right And just because so many people say it that's not necessarily mean it's right that does not also mean that you just discount people's opinions simply because they 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 pierce you in the wrong way but after you've listened to people's counsel somebody says well if you want to divorce go ahead after all everybody is divorcing these days and somebody say, hey, don't do it. And somebody says, look at the children. Somebody says, the house. It's all advice. <laughs> if you divorce, who will get the house? Now, wife, you know, a in no wife, you know, Good advice. <laughs> That's good advice. And so people advise you, but after all is said and done, you come to God and say, Lord... I need you to guide me. This is what so-and-so says. This is what they are telling me. But I need your counsel. So after you've listened to everybody, you present all the options before God. Why do you do that? You do that to seek God's will. You do it to seek God's will. You want to know God's will. What does God want me to do in this situation? not my will but your will if you're not ready for God's will then don't pray because if you're ready for God's will then you go to pray and say God what is your will how do I deal with this situation what do you want me to do about this you're committed to God also because you need discernment you pray for discernment most of the time In the multitude of counselors, instead of safety, you find confusion. Is that not so? Because 10 people give you 10 different opinions, and you don't know which one you must follow or how to blend all of them. And that's why you need God's help. You need discernment. Discernment. The ability to tell the difference between A and B is discernment. How do you tell the difference? How do you know the difference between what this person told you and what that person told you and what that person told you? Or how do you blend them together to get a clear direction as to what to do? You need discernment. And discernment is a gift from God. The reason you need discernment is that you only know the present. You don't know the future. You can't tell the outcome of your decisions you don't see 50 years ahead of time if Abraham knew that the counsel of his wife Sarah was going to lead to a problem which we will be grappling with now I'm sure he would have said Sarah, that's very generous of you you are the most unjealous woman I know but this is bad advice because thousands of years from now this decision we are making today is going to disturb our descendants. That's discernment. Because when you are making decisions, you have no idea the long-term impact. You are thinking of solving a problem that is affecting you now. But the impact may outlive you hundreds of years from today. So pray for discernment. And that leads to number four. Count the cost of your choices. I've made some statements around that already. Count the cost of your choices. Every decision has got its consequences. People don't like to hear that word, consequence. And as my Fanti brothers would say, consequence. Every decision has got consequences. Each decision. The Bible says, so whatever a man sows, that's what they're going to reap. That's the consequence. You sow, you reap. Cause, effect. Action, reaction. So count the cost. And how do you do that? You ask yourself a very simple question. Can you live with the impact of your decision? Can you live with it? Because every decision has got an impact. It will impact you. It will impact people around you. It will impact people after you. If I do something stupid now, not only will it affect me, it will affect my children and my children's children and affect you. So can you live with the impact of your choice? Is this something you think you you want to be associated with? What is the long-term benefit of your choice? In the long run, how is this going to be useful? If David had thought about long-term consequences when he saw that lady called Bathsheba, he would have allowed her to take her bath without any Sheba. But David at that time was not thinking about long-term impact. He was thinking about short-term. And, you know, many people use that as example. They say, well, but God forgave David. But what they fail to understand is that from that time on, the promise of David about his descendants was gone. Right after David... Solomon came and Solomon was worse because Solomon was Bathsheba's son and he knew how he was born and he said if God can anoint me in spite of how I was born then God can use anybody no matter what they do so he said my father went for a few I will just go the next step thousand women so he had so many children then inheritance becomes a problem so after he dies they are not sure who should take over from him eventually the Israel is separated, is divided into the north and south Israel and Judah and from then on there is no peace in that land never been peace From there up to today, because there are consequences to our choices. Decisions are not in isolation, they have linkages. Something you are doing today will hit somebody in your family 50 years from now, something you are doing today can totally disorient your children. Something you are doing today can make your descendants look back and curse you. Just like we can look back today and say, had Abraham not gone to take Hagar, the story will be different. Somebody is going to say, had that man not done what he did, this family would have been better. There are consequences. So count the cost of your choices as a cost price as a cost price you may be happy today but it may cost you in the long term it may solve your problem today but it may cost you in the long term you may be happy your children may never be happy so consider the cost are you ready to live with it? Are you ready to live with the impact of that decision? Because decisions are very powerful things. Very powerful things. One decision can change a nation's destiny. One, just one, not a thousand. One can shift the focus of a nation. Number five, after you've counted the cost, you must carry out your own decisions. Carry out your own decisions. Sometimes when people seek for counsel, they expect the counselor to decide for them. Somebody sits in front of you and tells you their problem, and you counsel and you tell them, well, based on what you've told me, if this is this, then that is that then they ask what should i do that's not for me to decide it's you to decide what you must do is not me doing because i'm not going to live with the consequences you have to act if you don't know how to make your own decisions you always be asking for advice 10 years you're still asking for advice 15 years you're still asking for advice no matter the advice you receive, it will not replace your own choice because you have to make the decision. In order to carry out your own decisions, you must act responsibly. I've spoken a lot about that. It has to ties in into the impact. Act responsibly, not with selfishness, what you feel, what you think. But we must act responsibly. We must act courageously. Act courageously. And you must act wisely. Be responsible, be wise, be courageous. Every decision takes courage. You may get the advice, you can can get inspired, get motivated, but at the end, you have to do it yourself. People can cheer you on. Go on, wait, you can do, you can do, you can do it, but you have to do it. It takes courage. No matter how much people inspire you, you have to take the leap of faith. Like my first swimming lesson, People were inspiring me. Hey, Mesa, Mesa, you can do, you can jump, you can jump, you can jump. And I listened to all the multitude of counselors who were bad counselors in the first place. And I evaluated it and I realized if I'm going to be anybody, I have to learn to swim. So I acted courageously, took off my clothes, jumped into the sky, dipped into the brown waters, and started taking in gallons of water. That's my choice, it's consequences. Started drinking water, they had to pump water out of my stomach. And after that I said, I'm never, ever going to be a fish. I was made for land and land I stay on. That's what bad advice can do to you. I acted courageously but uh, the consequences were not pleasant. So you must carry out your own decision because you are going to face the consequence. If you're going to marry somebody you say, so what do you think about uh, this brother I'm going to marry? Your best friend says, He's not by his nose. Can't he do something about his nose? Oh, it's, it's, I can imagine your children. Their, their, their nose. That's one advice. You talk to your father, he says, does he have money? What work does he do? And you talk to your pastor, your pastor says, have faith all things are possible god can change his destiny and make him a new person that's another advice and uh, you talk to your schoolmates which school did he go to <laughs> bremer Secondary. secondary hmm. <laughs> you went to wesley girls they don't marry from kuma <laughs> secondary that's one advice now, none of them is perfectly right. But after you've listened to all of them and you've prayed about it and you have peace in your heart, marry big nose and God will intervene in the noses of your children. You, you, have, to, you have to make the decision. Now, that means that after you marry, when you are going out, you may be watching the nose. Uh, can you breathe in a bit? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to dress up the nose, that's the, that's the after-effect of your decision. You have to live with it. And when you go to your old, old schoolmates and, they are, and someone says, Oh, my husband, he's from uh, Addisada. And this one is from uh, uh, Augustine. And that one is from uh, Fancy Pim. Oh, so what about yours? He didn't even go to school in Ghana. <laughs> it's a choice you have to make, but you have to act. Or you can tell them, what has school got to do with it? <laughs> or you can just tell them, he went to Bremer school, secondary school. You say, eh. You say, eh. And I married him You have to act Courageously and responsibly It's your decision You can receive all the advice But at the end of the day You have to decide You can't postpone decision You have to decide And you have to be ready to live With the consequences Finally number six After you have made your decision What do you do commend your ways to god commend your ways to god you've made a decision from then on you have to live by faith and you have to trust god for his favor you can't do anything you can't recall your decision you can't call it back you can't take back what you have decided all you do is that one day at a time, you live by faith. You trust God that he will pour his rain upon your decision, that he will guide you, that he will lead you, that he will make your decision work. Because after you have made that decision, there's nothing else to do. You can't recall it. You just have to trust God for the best trust him to make things work out for you now sometimes when you've made decisions immediately after you've made a decision you regret it immediately after right after the decision you regret it you say ah, what did i do sometimes you regret it because you saw the light or sometimes you regret it because you are afraid And sometimes that fear has no basis. You just made a decision, you committed to it, and you're wondering, did I make the right choice? That's why you have to live by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. You have to trust God. If your decision has to do with marriage and you marry the person, the pastor is here and says, Say I do, I do. Say I do, I do. <laughs> well, you said it. You could have said, I don't, and that would be the end. But you say, I do, I do. And the pastor blesses you from now on, you are man and wife. See, he hee, What have I done? Sometimes it is fear because of the uncertainty of the future. And you are afraid. Hey. Will we make it? How will things turn out? That's why you have to live by faith. Because you've put your hand to the plow. and You cannot turn back. You've made a decision. And you can't reverse the decision. And you have to say, Lord, I trust you with my future. I trust you with what I don't know. I trust you with the uncertainties of life. I believe you can guide me. I trust you for the best. I believe you can make all things work together for my good. So as a human being, I've made this decision, but hold my hand, guide me, lead me, order my steps, make the crooked path straight. If there is any imperfection in what I've done, help me and intervene. And I believe God is able to intervene. He's able to help us to go on. Decision-making is not simple and it's not easy, but it's necessary. And each day, each moment, we are making decisions. Some of them are very little things, but some are very, very major. Major because they affect your future some of the major decisions have to do with your marriage whom to marry and how to build your home it has to do with your children what to do with them because until your children start making decisions you are making decisions for them you determine what they do where they go who becomes their friend which schools they go to and to a large extent which careers and profession they take. Because even if you don't command them to take the career, you can guide them. And sometimes you don't really know whether what you're doing is the right one. You have big decisions to make concerning your career. Should I leave this office and go and work there? Should I quit? Should I resign? My boss doesn't like me, should I resign? I don't like what I'm doing, should I resign? Those are decisions you have to make. And each day, each week, we are making those important decisions. I trust that you can factor in some of these steps into your decision-making process so that you don't just jump to conclusions out of frustration, out of anxiety, out of fear, out of, uh, out of your own concepts about what is right or wrong, but that each one of us, in making our own decisions, will follow a process that will be faithful to the process that will not be hasty that will not rush that will not act on impulse but we will always bring the Lord into the picture because he is the builder of the house he is the builder of our future he is the one who gives us true peace true satisfaction he is the one who guides who we become and I trust that the Lord will help you and guide you as you make the difficult decisions of your life. And may he order your steps so that you don't create a situation that harms your future. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Ottoville, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Mensah email ottoville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.